0: Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. This is part two of a message we started a couple of weeks ago. So we'll do a little bit of a review and then we'll dig right into it. Amen. So mark all that down. Read your bulletin. A lot of special events going on. There's dinners at night. There's Concerts in the morning service, concerts in the night service, amen? amen? So just come on out and get blessed and, you know, Gloria Elliott, you remember her? Well, she's gonna, she did such a wonderful job last summer, whenever it was, and we said, come back and do a Christmas concert. We like Christmas music, so um, there'll be a Sunday night in December, she'll be doing the evening Christmas concert, so there's a lot of good things going on. Mark it down and um, attend all that you can, amen? Now, if you would, Numbers chapter 13, beginning with verse 30. And we're going to read a few verses so we can get a little bit of a background to our text. Numbers 13 and verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, We should go up at once and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. He said, We're able to do it. But the men who had gone up with him, they said, we can't, we're not able to attack those people, they're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw were of great size, they were giants. We saw the Nephilim there, and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. And... That night, 141, that night all the people of the community raised their voices and they wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said, "If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt?" And then they said to each other, in fact, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. And they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And then if you notice verse 24, one more verse, because God judges that generation, says, well, you don't want to enter in. You can go back to the desert and die there. But God said, I'll honor faith. God always honors faith and faithfulness. You don't have to be with the pack. You don't have to succumb to their destiny. But you can choose to walk with God. The Bible says in verse 24, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, I want to have a different spirit, and follows me wholeheartedly, I'm going to bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants, his descendants will inherit it. Even your children get blessed when you choose to walk with a different spirit, serve God wholeheartedly, and live this life of faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Alright, let's dig in here. God desires... The title is Roadblocks. Roadblocks. This is part two. Roadblocks to our advancement. or Roadblocks to our potential in Christ. God desires that we reach our full potential in Him. Every one of us within the sound of my voice. God's desire, His will is that we all reach. Individually, corporately. We reach our potential in Him. Our full potential. It's God's will that we go forward. Um, growing and advancing and maturing. Now whether, whether it's um, Christian character or in your career. Whether it's ministry or in your marriage. Whether it's finances or your testimony. Whether it's your emotional well-being or your spiritual depth. God desires that we go forward from faith to faith and glory to glory. In fact, each one of us, the Bible teaches, was uniquely created for a divine purpose. Every one of us. We were created in Jesus for special works. And God has special ordained plans for each and every one of our lives. And the good news this morning is that we can achieve them. That we can embrace them. We can enter in to the fullness of God's best for our lives. We can enjoy victory in our Christian experience. And we can overcome sin and setbacks and Satan. And we can fully possess the goodwill of God for our lives. If, 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 if we'll dare to believe God. If we'll dare to follow Him and obey Him wholeheartedly, like Caleb, we'll be men and women of a different spirit that believe the Word and follow wholeheartedly after Jesus, not turning back, but pressing on by His grace. Now in this message we're using as our example, the nation of Israel's first failed attempt to enter into the promised land. But we can apply these lessons to every area of our life that has a promise attached to it. Whether it's personal growth, whether it's possessing God's will or God's promise, whether it's doing God's works. Last time we spoke, a couple of weeks back, last time we covered the roadblock or the hindrance that we called an impossibility mindset. You'll see that in verses 30 through 33. They said, we're not able. They're too strong. God can't do it. They responded to God's promise and God's command with a, we're not able. It's impossible. We can't do it mindset. They said we won't believe. The enemy and the problem is too big for us. Instead of trusting God. Instead of believing God's Word. But Joshua and Caleb, as we noticed, they said, listen, our God is able and His Word is true and trustworthy. Let us go up at once and advance and possess In God, all that He has for us. If the Lord is pleased with us, here's the key, if God is with us and He's pleased with us, then nothing can stop us. And they're ready to go. The mindset of faith sees life, sees ourselves, sees obstacles, sees opportunities from the viewpoint of faith in God and responds according to that. But the people tripped over this roadblock. It hindered them from going in and enjoying God's best. They said we're not able. Instead of declaring by our God, we're fully able. I want you to know in yourself, you might be weak in yourself. You might not have the greatest background, whatever, whatever. But with the Lord, you can do all things. If you'll give Jesus first place in your life and seek first His kingdom, those things will be added. And His grace will be sufficient. And you can have His blessing in the marriage. You can enjoy His blessing in your life. You can be the one He's called you to be and walk in this abundant life. But here they are. A group of people that tripped over the roadblock. And it hindered them from enjoying God's blessed. And this is a mindset. When we refuse to believe God, when we refuse to step out and trust God when He's calling us to something that's challenging and stretching, this mindset that refuses to believe produces four negative things, and we touched on them the last time. Avoid these things at all cost. Number one, it minimized God. It minimized God. This is a mindset. Verse 31, we can't. We're not able. This is a mindset that makes God small and our fears... And our insecurities, big. But our God is not small. Can you say amen? Our God is a big God. Our God is a great God. Our God is an able God. Our God is an awesome God. And if He's given us a promise, we can believe that promise. If He's called us to walk a path, we can walk it with confidence and certainty that He won't fail us and He won't forsake us. But this Mentality, This impossibility mindset that says we can't, even though God has called us to it, minimizes God. And the other side of the coin, it magnifies the problem. It, it distorts and blows out of proportion. Faith gets eclipsed. And problems get bigger and heavier and uglier. Number three. It incapacitates our potential. Do you remember that one? Because this mindset keeps us from obeying and acting. And now remember this. Therefore, it keeps us from receiving and achieving and accomplishing. Because anything... Whatever hinders me from obeying God hinders me from the blessing of God and the breakthrough of God and the advance of God. Obedience and faith set in motion the hand of God. Because faith is not just a mental thing. Faith is an active word. By faith, you read in Hebrews 11, by faith they did things as God called them on, as they trusted God and believed God. And the hand of God was moved into their lives and they saw walls and they saw miracle births take place and they saw red seas open. All these things happen after the people of God heard the Word and obeyed and stepped out. But anything that can keep me from obeying God will keep me from the blessing of God. Come on, say Amen. Because it's in my faith. You can't get saved unless there's a response to the Word of God. You cannot receive the blessing of eternal life and forgiveness of sins unless your faith has more than a mental part of it, but by action you give Jesus your life and you serve Him and make Him Lord and make Him Savior. Can you say Amen? amen. But lastly, this, this, this uh, mentality. This we-can't-do-it, this impossibility mindset, it not only it not only minimizes God, it not only magnifies problems, it not only incapacitates potential, but it contaminates others around us. We read the story, that group of spies that wouldn't believe God. They so spread that negative report that an entire nation bought into that lie. Unbelief spread throughout a nation. It caused death to an entire generation. Be careful who's influencing you. Be careful who you're listening to. And be careful what kind of influence you have on others. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is one way the enemy tries to hinder our advance and our victory and our blessing. And we must choose the mindset of faith. We must trust God at all times and believe God in the face of all challenges and respond accordingly. Respond accordingly. Accordingly, I read a story the other day. It was called a Little Boy's Prayer, a Little Boy's Prayer. A little boy prayed, Dear God, please, please take care of my daddy and my mommy and my sister and my brother and, of course, my doggy and, and me and me. And, oh, Lord, please, Lord, please take care of yourself. Because if anything happens to you, we're in a heap of trouble. <laughs> and I, I read that. Uh, well, 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 thank God we don't gotta worry about that. Amen. A lot, a lot of things might keep us up at night. You don't gotta worry about that. God is still on His throne. He's the ever consistent one. He is the one that we can always be confident in. So whatever you're facing, you might say, well, I thought He was gonna do it and I expected them to do it. But one thing you can totally be confident in all the days of your life, your God is still on the throne. His eye is on you. His blessing is towards you. And He will be there when you call on His name. Hallelujah. 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 Number one, the impossibility mindset. But now the second roadblock, and this is where we get the fresh stuff. The second roadblock is an undisciplined memory. An undisciplined memory. And we'll glean those verses, verses one through four. You hear Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. Three times, Egypt. They're romanticizing. Egypt. That was slavery. That was shame. That wasn't something to applaud. They romanticized it and wanted to return to it. But it's amazing how they never remembered how God brought them out of that Egypt. How God broke Pharaoh's back and opened the Red Sea. It's amazing how we can remember the wrong things and not remember the right things. Oh, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Now, Not dealing, listen, not dealing with the past can hinder your advance into God's future. Don't ever forget that. It'll be a ball and chain around you. You jump and shout all you want. You ever say another story? The truth is about that elephant. That elephant was a little baby elephant. And they put a stake in the ground. and You know, it could only go so far because it was tied for a chain. You know that? A little, little baby elephant. Tied. Couldn't go. Couldn't pull. Couldn't go. That little elephant become a big elephant one day. Big elephant. You know, that big elephant, if he so choose, could have pulled that stake out and not even strained over it. But something had gotten to his mind. Because he'd been chained as a child. And even though he could break it any time, he'd never leave that circle that he was bound in. And sometimes, in order to go forward in God, we have to master our memories. You have to master your memories. Not dealing with the past can hinder my advance, your advance, into God's future. I must master my memory. Some things the Bible says forget, other things the Bible says remember. For example, forget the past sins and the things that have been forgiven. He remembers our sins no more. His precious blood cleanses us thoroughly and eternally and there's no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Don't let that keep you up at night. Don't let that give you a bad self-esteem. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you. You're free. Walk in the victory of being pure and righteous and forgiven before God. So forget certain things but then remember, I'm going to forget the past sins that are forgiven, but I'm going to remember the past victories that have been given. I'm going to remember those past victories. And I'm going to allow them to remind me of God's goodness and inspire me about God's faithfulness. And I'm going to remember the times He bailed me out and He brought me through and He was there when nobody else was there. And I can remember those things and they can give me a strength and a grace for my present situation and my present battle. Can you say amen? Now concerning the negative, everybody, everybody, everybody that's had negative experiences, failures, sorrows in the past, we can't let our yesterdays rule our todays. I mean, we can't allow them to have an unnatural influence. Reject the victim mentality. It consumes, it controls, it chains people from the past. And instead, like Caleb, have a victor's mentality. Joseph also dealt wonderfully with his past. And instead of choosing to be tied to it, they chose to look forward believe in God for a new day and a blessed day and an expectation of God's grace in the future as they followed God. When things got hard, the people of Israel wanted to go back. And they romanticized the past so that it became an excuse and an escape from dealing with things in the present and things that hindered them. It's hard to conquer what you won't confront. But God says, why don't you meet it, greet it, and defeat it? But they'd allowed the past to become a chain that became just a reason and excuse not to properly face the present and overcome the challenge and go forward into God's best. The past cannot, the past must not control my present faith, obedience, and vision. Let's look at two examples. Because again, Israel romanticized Egypt. Then they wanted to return to Egypt. In doing so, they resisted God's will, they rejected God's best, and they got disqualified from God's purpose in their life. But let's give two examples about mastering the memory. Because some things, the Bible clearly says, forget those things. Just forget them. They're under the blood. God has forgiven don't let them antagonize you. Don't let them harass you anymore. But even some things, there can be positive things. i got to make sure, if I master my memories, that they have the proper effect on my now, not a negative effect. Some people um, romanticize about good things in the past, and it makes them very complacent in the present, where they've lost their hunger, and they've lost their drive, and they're, they're, they're happy just to stay settled instead of advancing in God. So it works both ways. But let's look at this. Um, Philippians, Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14, Philippians 3, 12 through 14, and here's one example, the great Apostle Paul, some things the Bible says, forget those things. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this, or have already been made perfect. This is Paul. Paul had a a divine, let's call it this, a divine dissatisfaction. He, He said, I'm happy in Jesus, but I'm not happy with where I am in Jesus, I'm satisfied with Jesus, but there's more of Jesus I want. There's more of Jesus uh, for me to grow into. And so there's a divine dissatisfaction. There's a hunger and a thirst to grow. If a person doesn't have hunger and thirst to grow, they're going nowhere. So there's a dissatisfaction. But now, now that I've already obtained this or have been made perfect, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. He says this one thing. Not only I'm dissatisfied in the sense I want more of the Lord and I know there's more growth for me to do and there's more things for me to experience, but also I'm devoted to press on this one thing. I'm devoted to seek God. I'm devoted to give Jesus first place in my life. And look at this next verse. He says, therefore, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. This is what I do. He says, here's the key to Christian growth. Here's the key to advancement in God. Here's the key to taking your promised land. He says, one thing I do, I'm forgetting what's behind. And that doesn't mean to get to amnesia. Sometimes I wish we could get amnesia. Some people do and they wish they didn't. But we can't get amnesia. But it means that past thing is no longer going to control me and harass me and confuse me. It's no longer going to say, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And you notice here, he has a dissatisfaction. He says, I recognize, even though I'm Paul the Apostle, and I've done some wonderful things, had some wonderful experiences, I know there's more for me in Jesus. And there's more for every one of us in Jesus. Can you say amen? And we've got a hunger for that, desire that. So there was a dissatisfaction, but then there was a devotion. He says this one thing. He says, I am devoted to growing God. I am devoted to go forward in God. I don't want to just camp out and wait for death. I want to keep growing each and every day of my life. And there's a direction. And that's, I'm going forward. He says, I'm running ahead. I'm pressing onward in the Lord Jesus. I have a direction. I'm not looking backwards. I'm forgetting those things. And I have a focus on the future as I walk with God. And I am determined. He said, I am so determined. I said, I'm pressing and I'm straining. And He says, I'm going to do my part to advance in what God has for me. So one thing we recognize, if I'm going to master my memory, I'm going to have to forget some things. Certainly, the negative things. Certainly, those things we let the blood take care of and we just get the healing that we can and we do our best um, to, to walk on and just entrust them to God. But also, there can be positive things that we do not want them. We want our positive things to be something that propels our present, not something that chains us to our past. Our positive things. Amen? I think about the uh, brother and sister Brown here, and they 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 always tickle me every time they they go out. They witness. I mean, they go to McDonald's and they have they pray it over. And here they are. You know, they could easily just hit the cruise ship. You know, they've been over half a dozen countries in the world, building churches here, there, and everywhere. And they could easily say, "Well, it's time to hit cruise control and watch Sports Center and just enjoy life." But instead, they realize, "Well, we might not be able to build churches like we once did, and we might not be able to, you know, go to a place like Hong Kong and and deal with all like once did." But there's something we can do. And there's a, 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 a divine dissatisfaction. They say, God's given us a good life. We've had a wonderful ministry, but I know there's more. If we're breathing, there's more for us to do. And what can we do? We can witness. We, we can go to McDonald's and, and feed the homeless guy we see there and tell him about Jesus. We can walk in and say, Lord, lead us to someone in a conversation. This is a divine dissatisfaction. This is a realization. There's more for us to do And the things in the past. Encourage them and stir their faith, but it's not a ball and chain that keeps them back living in yesteryear and forgetting that today. Today is a new day, and God has a will for us today, and there's lives for us to touch today, and wonderful things to achieve and experience in Jesus today. God has more for you. He wants to fill you with a greater measure and speak to you in a more intimate way. And God wants to touch your life and use your life. But it comes to us to recognize, Lord, I thank You for all the good things in the past. And I can look back at them, and they'll encourage me to press on, but they will not be a ball and chain. They will be something that propels me to believe You and expect something fresh this day. Can you say amen? Amen. Forgetting the past and pressing on to the future. But there's some things God says, I want you to remember and don't ever forget. And then you notice in the the Old Testament, God was always saying, um, remember the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, who with a mighty arm defeated Pharaoh and led you through into the land. I brought you out that I might bring you in. And you'll see God again and again saying, here's I want you. I want you to remember and never forget how I delivered you. And then He goes on, I don't want you to remember how I've kept you and how I've provided for you. How I've made a way for you. And I want you to remember when you're really, really blessed. And things are good. Don't forget the Lord your God. But you remember, I was the one that blessed the business. I was the one that gave you that intellect. I was the one that gave you those, though you thought they were lucky things. No, no, and luck had nothing to do with it. That was the blessing of the Lord your God that opened doors and gave you favor and gave you opportunities that you didn't even have on your own. But I did that. Look at me with Deuteronomy 8 verses 1 and 2. Very, very interesting. Here's God's encouraging his people and he says, I want you to remember remember some things. You know why? Because I'm the God that don't change. Can you say amen? I want you to remember some things. It's important that you remember certain things because life is going to change and people die and seasons end and this changes. But the Lord your God, He is the changeless one. He never changes. His faithfulness is new every morning. His mercies are great and He's with you and He's for you. So don't ever forget Him or what He's done in the past. Because what He did yesterday. He'll do today. And you know when hell hit you with a tsunami. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you get a report, my Lord. You're numbed by. It. We've all been there, and it's easy for the devil to give us amnesia, and we forget the Lord who has done that. Is the God that'll do it here and He'll do it now. My Lord, have mercy. Some have gone through dark nights. You didn't think you could wake up the next. You didn't want to wake up the next morning. You'd rather just go home than have to face what you had to face. But you got through it. How? You don't know by the grace of God. By the mercy of God. By the prayers of His saints. And God says, don't you ever forget, I am the Lord that brought you out. And I am the Lord that brought you through. And I am the Lord that will do it again. So when you're facing a present challenge, remember the Lord your God. Because He hasn't gone on vacation. He hasn't forgotten your name. He still loves you. He's still for you. And if this God be with you, and this God be pleased with you, then nothing can stand against you. We're learning to master our memories. Hallelujah. We're learning to master our memories. Some things got to be forgotten under the blood. And we do our best to leave them there. Hell will try to bring them up. He don't forget anything, that old devil. But God gives us grace. Amen? Amen? You're not that ugly thing your father said you were. The devil was lying. The devil lies through people, see. He don't come at you with a pitchfork. He uses... Earth and vessels to lie. No, no, no! Don't believe that mess. Believe what your heavenly Father says about you. Amen. You're precious and you're beautiful and you're lovely and you're desired and mm, cherished. Isn't that wonderful? God's a good God. I'm saying we got to master my memory. Amen. I can't remember that mistake. I'm trying to forget it. Learn what I can so I don't repeat it. But I don't want to remember the failure of it. It was shameful. It was bad. I don't remember that. So I'm going to forget some things. I'm gonna forget some things that, that might have been good things, but I don't I don't want them to be a ball and chain to make me do. I want to keep going forward in the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's always something new. Forget, but then remember. What are we gonna remember? Well, number one, we have got to remember how He brought us out. Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me." The rest of you remember the cross. Remember how God loved you and shed His blood and died for you. Don't ever forget salvation. Don't ever forget Calvary. Amen. Everybody else could be calling you ugly and bald and whatever, bulgy, whatever they want to call you. But God says, Redeemed, you're saved, you're precious, you're forgiven. You're my Son. Ah, Thou art my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. Remember the cross. Remember the blood of Jesus and the Old Testament, he says, remember, I am the Lord your God that brought you out. I redeemed you with a mighty right arm. Hallelujah. Then he says, I want you to remember some other things. I want you to remember how I brought you through things. I want you to remind yourself how I led you and I guide you. He says, be careful. He's given them one of the final speeches before they go into the promised land. Be careful to follow my commands I'm giving you so that you may live. Here's God's will. Live and increase and enter and possess the land the lord has promised Woo! god wants us to possess his promise amen he wants us to enjoy the increase and the blessings that he promised us and so one of the ways that's going to help us possess it is remember 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 how the lord your god led you remember because you're going to face new challenges and sometimes they might be intimidating. You just remember what I've done in the past. It'll give you some courage for the present. Amen? You you just remember. And, and he goes on. Remember how the Lord your God led you in the desert those 40 years? Sometimes, ever gone through a desert place? Amen. Ever go through a dry place? But the Lord met us there. And the Lord cared for us there. He says, I humbled you. And I tested you in order that you might know what's in your heart. And he goes on. He says, you remember in the desert when, when you didn't have to go to Walmart not once? Because I made, I made the shoes on your feet grow as the feet grew. Can you imagine? And that, wouldn't that be nice to have when they're 8, 9, 10, and 11? And that just grew, it just grew, it just grew. And that, right? And I never had to get a new t shirt. A t shirt, well, no, no, it grew, it grew, it grew. And the Lord said, Hey, would you remember how I provided for you? I'll provide for you right now. Whatever you're going through, God will make a way, God will make a way, God will make a way. Whatever you're facing right now, just remember this God's brought you. I guarantee he's brought you through something in the past. I guarantee this God has shown himself graceful and merciful and faithful to you in the past. Can you say Amen. 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 He has. He has. And remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. All these years. He's led us. How did He lead us? Lovingly. Kindly. Compassionately. Faithfully. Even sometimes we made the mess. But He was merciful in helping us get back on track. Sometimes we made the mistake. Isn't that right? I know I have. I'll say amen for myself. I know I have. But even in that, He was merciful to forgive and get us back. and, And all right. But whatever came our way, He was there. Things we didn't expect, He was there. Things that totally caught us off guard, but He was there. So He goes, you know what? I want you to remember some things to help you advance. Don't allow an undisciplined memory to become a roadblock and a hindrance from you to enter in to God's best for your life. It's the proverbial on their gun shy. It's the proverbial they fell off the horse, they won't get back on. There are certain things that hinder us and if we don't Discipline the memory. It will keep us from trying again. And trusting again. And believing God again. So there's some things to to forget. And there's some things to remember. Don't ever forget. Remember Calvary. Remember His blood shed for thee. Remember how he loved you and died for you and forgave you. But then remember how he led you. Remember the things he's brought you through. Not everyone would have went through that. Many people didn't go, they didn't last, they didn't survive, but you did. And God was there for you again and again. And he goes on later in this chapter and he says, I want, don't you ever forget, but you remember when you get blessed and, and you're finally doing pretty good and, and life is alright and you feel like you've accomplished and you're on top. He says, don't forget the Lord, your God. Remember, I'm the one that gave you power to get that wealth. No, no, no. Don't forget me because it's easy to forget them when things are going good. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? Come on. When things are bad, call the prayer line. When things are bad, we better get to church. When things are good, well, we don't need to. Oh, look out, look out, look out. Master your memory. When I look at the present, i got to see the goodness of God. When I look at the present, it should not make me forget God. It should make me remember God and His goodness. Because He's the one that gave me the grace and gave me the blessing and gave me the anointing and gave me the opportunity. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're overcoming some roadblocks because I want to enter into God's best. We're entering in, we're entering in and overcoming. Glory to God. A disciplined memory. Learning to forget, learning what to remember. How to use the past not to hold me back, but to inspire me onward into God's future, into God's present. Roadblocks, roadblocks. Things that attempt to hinder our advance and our potential and our victory in the Lord. And again, these apply to areas of your life. We're going to go on deeper. Let's get a little deeper here. I think my watch stops. The so boy, you in for it tonight. Oh Lord. Oh my Lord, <laughs> have mercy. Amen. Man, oh yeah, oh yeah. Get, get comfortable. I better move that thing. That thing just got stopped about 1020. Oh Lord, hallelujah. Amen. Impossibility mindset and undisciplined memory. Number three. Number three, ready for this one? The Burger King mentality. Burger King mentality. Hold the pickle. Hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. I got a lot of that church. They didn't want it served their way. And God said, "No, you got to get it my way." Come on, say amen. amen. There are a lot of churches that they, they forgot the gospel because they didn't want God's way. They wanted it their way—a Burger King mentality. When God's people in the story didn't like God's leading. Or found his will too challenging. Or demanding. They would pretty much resist it. Rebel against it. They'd revert back. They'd want to return. I mean after all. Why can't God just knock those walls down like he did the Red Sea? Why do we got to actually go do something and trust God here? Why don't God? No, God says something you got to do. Amen? There's something on your plate. C.K. Chesterton, the, the writer of yesteryear answer the question concerning reasons people stop or cease following Christ listen to this one he writes christianity in these cases christianity most often was was not tried and found wanting it was tried and found difficult why many people ceased to follow Christ not because Christianity was tried and found wanting. No, 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 no. But it was tried and found difficult. It was found demanding. They didn't want to carry a cross. They didn't want to call Him Lord, which means doing it His way, not have it your way. They didn't want to be a disciple that must come under the Master and follow His decrees and commands. They didn't mind coming out, but they didn't like entering in god's way and through god's pathway many times people want the prize we're all like this want the prize but we often don't like or we reject the pathway to the prize often the pathway to get there isn't to our liking isn't there an easy way we can do this isn't there a simpler way you ever been there do i have to fill out 25 and a half forms and have them co three times is this just, can i just tell you i did it I know all that stuff. Do I have to really take the course? Often it's not to our liking. It's uncomfortable. It's demanding. It's been a while since I was at a theme park. I remember the cheetah ride was was popular some some years ago. 30-second thrill ride. Man, it was thrilling. It was good. It was exciting. Of course, you had to stand in an hour and a half waiting line to get on the 30-second thrill ride. It was long. It was hot. It was tedious. And it was slow. So some people cutting the lines. So I say, hey, what's going on? Kids say, yeah, that's fast pass, fast pass. They paid money. I thought they knew someone. You know what I mean? I was slipping a guy a bill. I said, hey, who do you got to slip a bill to? I was getting ready. Get me through that line, brother. This is, this is worth it me. you in the middle of August at Bush Garden, man. I'm ready to faint. They're going to carry me out pretty soon. I go to in this line any longer. No, no, no. Fast, Pastor. And we do that with life. God, I want that thrill. I want that prize. I want to enjoy that blessing. God says, there's the line. Hey, Lord, can we take that fast line? God says, no. This line will be better for you, Joe. Oh, really, Lord? I can't even see it. It goes around and around. Is this, is this a line? Am I you got to be kidding me. And sometimes I just look at the boys, well, you're old enough now, but I'm going to get a hot dog. I'm going to get the hot dog. You can have the 30-second fill ride, I'm going to have a foot long, for about $20, amen, for about $20. And... Can, I, can I step on some toes? You ready? Give me permission. Can I say anything else? Now, don't look at nobody. You look right here. (laughs) This is going to be true. So I'm going to say it and I'm going to go back to my notes. But if it's it's speaking to you, if you were, if you were baby growing up, one of the parts of your Christian experience you struggle with is the Lordship of Christ, the Lordship of Christ, Mm -hmm. because you like things your way. Mm -hmm. You don't like anyone telling you what to do. And it's not your daddy. Would you feel it for me, daddy? Please, daddy. Amen. And we struggle. Because the more we grow in God, the more demanding yes, right. that cross life is of being a disciple. Yes. Hmm. Hang on. Just think about it. You struggle with it. Struggle with it. Because we're used to having it our way. Burger King. As opposed to having it, whatever you say, Lord. See, God tests every one of us in that. Again, I'm looking at the promise and, hey, Lord, why, why do we have to go fight these giants? That's kind of scary. Can't you, can't you just do like you did the Pharaoh? Send some lice. Amen. I mean, that'll drive giants. and That'll drive anyone nuts. Amen. Send some, send, send some crickets to them. You know, whatever. As frogs, whatever. Send a plague, Lord. Can't you send a plague, Lord? We'll stay here. You plague them and then we'll go in and clean up the mess. How's that, Lord? God says, no, some things you've got to face and deal with and overcome. I don't like it that way. Well, son, then you can't have the... God's promised land and God's prize must come via God's path and God's way. Remember, there's a purpose in the way God chooses to lead us. Chuck Swindoll, wonderful Bible teacher. He writes about his time in the Marine Corps. He says, when I was in the Marine Corps, our ship one time was at northeastern corner. It used to be Formosa. Now it's Taiwan. And we stopped there at the mouth of the harbor and awaited the arrival of the harbor pilot, the harbor pilot. He came out, took the wheel of our ship, and began to weave us through the pathless waters that led to the dock. At first glance, he said, it all seemed kind of silly and unnecessary. We could see the dock less than a mile ahead, but the closer we looked and the longer we looked over the side of the ship into the crystal clear waters, we could see why. There were mines located randomly. This is back in the 50s. You got Korean War and all that going on. These mines were located randomly beneath the surface of the water, and if the hull of our ship had, had nudged a mine just enough, Kapui. But the pilot of the harbor knew where every mine was located. God, our heavenly pilot, knows how to lead us. He sees what we can't see. He knows what we don't know. And often He has a purpose and a reason beyond our present understanding. God has led me many times in ways I didn't understand. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have chosen that way. If He would ask asked me for advice, I wish He would do that more. If He would ask me for advice, I would have chosen another pathway to that prize and that blessing. But maybe He saw something I didn't see. Maybe He was trying to teach me something He knows I needed to learn. Maybe he was protecting me a lot of times and I didn't I recognize. Maybe he was just testing me to see if I really loved him and really was willing to do things his way. And that my reason for serving him wasn't just totally a selfish deal here. Our heavenly pilot knows what's best, but we must trust him and yield to him. Believe him. Mm. My Christian walk and my Christian advance. My advances in in my enjoyment of spiritual blessing goes through my submitting to God's will and God's Word and God's way. Staying under His yoke. Remember, come under the yoke. That's where the rest is. That's where the strength is. Remember, humble yourself under His hand. That's when He lifts you up. It's when you say, Lord, I'll do it your way. And God says, okay, now I can move in your life. But you obeyed Me, you've released my working in your life. The people in our story, rejected God's path. They rejected His plan and ultimately then, they rejected His good purpose. This was a roadblock. They did not submit to God's way and God's will and the path to God's purpose. So because they resisted and rejected it, then they were disqualified from it. It caused them, if you read the story, they spoke rashly. Remember, they started accusing God. We should have died. Why'd You leave us here? They, they spoke rashly. They acted impulsively. Let's just go back. Let's, forget, let's go back. And then they changed their mind after that. Let's go. And God says, too late now. When I had the Burger King mentality, I could tend to speak rashly, act impulsively. Their motivation became a very independent motivation, not a God-glorifying motivation. And ultimately, they wanted to return to Egypt, the slavery of all things. Rejecting God's desire, refusing God's best. They gave up and they quit. They came out, but they didn't enter in. And God wants to bring us out, but He also wants to bring us in. He wants to bring us out of sin and bring us into salvation, but He wants to bring us into the goodness of the Christian experience. But they quit. They gave up. Can I give you quickly six reasons why people quit? I want you to write these down. You don't have to write them down, but I want you to get this. Six reasons why people quit. Because they quit. And we quit. Remember, we apply this to things like marriage and ministry. We apply this to our education. How many, how many started out with dreams? And it wasn't that you didn't have the ability to conquer them. You just didn't have the stick to itness to conquer it. Can I give you six things very quickly? Number one, why do people quit? If we had a dollar for everyone that started Christianity and quit. Amen? Alright. Number one, they didn't see immediate results. They did not see immediate results. Think about Joseph and David. Dreams take some time, don't they? Dreams have seasons. Dreams have tests. Dreams have to be tenacious. Um, how's the Bible say? Galatians 6 and 9. Um, don't grow weary in doing good. You'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. There's a timing and a timing. So celebrate the little victories. Celebrate the little victories. And keep going forward. Celebrate the little victories. The little, the seasons and stages in life. Little things matter. Don't despise small beginnings. Get excited about it. So you're not going to get that Ph.D. overnight. Well, get excited that you find it. My Lord, I, I passed freshman psychology. Woo-hoo! Glory to God. And then go on to the next thing. But when they don't see immediate results, remember, Rome was was not built in today, but it was built. And so things might not happen like that. Be tenacious and continue. Secondly, they lost initial excitement with the reality of hardship and difficulty. They lost initial excitement. You know, when we begin something, we start excited. Don't we? God spoke to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can see the vision. I see it. Glory, glory, glory. When we get close enough to see the end of it, woo, I'll crawl if I got to get there. Amen. I'll go on my hands and knees. But somewhere in the middle, it gets a little tedious and boring and long and tiring. Opposition. And what do people say? It was harder than what I thought. Oh, yeah. Of course it was hard when they got They're going to make you write a term paper, brother. Well, what do you think? You're going to sign up and they're going to give you, you know, the, the, the degree on your wall? Life is not a 30-minute sitcom, is it? It's not, it's not a 60-minute mystery that we solve. And how I respond to that process. The Bible says endure hardship. Endure it. Press through it. Number three, they weren't willing to pay the price. That's hard to help people with this. You've got to be willing to pay the price. I know there's people here. There's at least a couple, two, three people here. You wrote a book, didn't you? I bet there's many more that thought about writing one, never wrote one. Many, many people here, you, you speak more than one language. You learn another language. I know there's a whole lot of us, 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 that talked about it never did it. Many are beautiful instrument players. And many more said, well, I I would love to play. But not willing to pay the price. It's hard to help people here. But sacrifice and surrender and discipline and devotion. We have to exchange what we have for what we want. If I want that degree, I can't play five softball leagues. Not if I'm going to work and take care of my family. I've got to prioritize and I've got to give to exchange. Life is about exchange. Go to that store. We're going to make an exchange. I give you the money. You give me the food. You know, there's an exchange. If you you want salvation, you've got to lay down your life so you can receive his life. Come on, say amen. 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 Yeah, Jesus taught us count the cost and then then pay the cost. But there. But again, to get that college degree to retirement savings, don't just talk about it. Got to start exchanging it. Got to stop, stop that. You don't need five million channels. You need to start putting twenty-five dollars a week away. So maybe when we get to that point, you, you know, you'll have something in there to live off of. And, you know, that making sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retire better job. Well, you're got to go to night school. You're gonna have to start rearranging some things, but it'll be worth it in the end. All right. Number four, number four. Broken focus. Broken focus due to distractions or difficulties. You can only handle so many broken focuses. Hell will try to distract you. Distraction. Another attraction. God gives you a plan. You've got to stick with that plan. You know, you can't take, you know, one, one time it took me, <laughs> one time it, it took me about three months to, to build a TV console. I mean, most guys would do it in a couple hours, but uh, three months. Three months. I had a couple of uh, attract, you know, distractions. I chose to do it on, on Saturdays. Amen, and and Joseph was just a toddler, and so we'd sit there in the TV room. While I'd, I'd watch college football, and so um, he'd he'd you know he'd mess around on it, and I'd do a little a couple screws in here, a couple screws in there, and uh, the game was a good game. I'd do more watching, then oh that's enough for today. Boom, there it goes. Amen. Well, about two and a half months later, <laughs> and I still she let me live, but a couple months later. <laughs> Some people do that with life. I, I planned on that. I planned on that. Well, you can't start five things and finish nothing. Isn't that right? You got to stay focused on what you really want to. And people wind up quitting things because they start too many things and don't pay attention to the right thing. Isn't that true? true. Meaning well is not going to fill that IRA account. That's a that's a, that's just a little yeah yeah distraction. All right, Remember Peter on the water, he sank when he got distracted, didn't he? Yeah yeah okay. They didn't see immediate results. They lost initial excitement with the reality of hardship and difficulty. They're not willing to pay the price. Broken focus due to distraction and difficulty. They began with unrealistic expectations. Faithful and little, then get more. Don't, don't worry about, you know, playing that piano like, um, you know, Mozart or somebody. Start out with twinkle, twinkle, little star. Amen. No, well, don't you worry about that. You're not getting up there and doing no boogie woogie. First thing you're gonna do is go, "Ramey, Fosolati." Amen. That's how it goes. That's true. You just can't get up there and sing like Pavarotti. First, you gotta learn what a note is. That's true. Remember goals. Anyone here smart goals? Smart goals? Because we, we, we watch a TV thing. We get all excited. We get pumped up and we get excited. And we actually start something that might be good, but we bite off more than we can chew. And it just discourages us. So we never... But if, you, know, you can eat that pizza. You've got to get it one slice at a time. Amen? And, and you have to step... Smart goals. Smart goals. Number one, they're specific. They're specific. They're clear. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to get that license. I'm going to get my GED. I'm going to start serving in church. I'm going to attend Sunday school. I'm going to work to get that promotion on the job. I'm going to begin to smart goals. Specific. Not just vague. Measurable. You can't measure it. You can't gauge yourself. Measurable. Where am I going? Attainable. Step by step. Little by little. i got to be attainable. Don't put something that's unrealistic. The next one is relevant. 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 No, my goals at 25 are not the same goals at 50. Whatever. Right? That's true. At twenty five I want my bench press to get much more. At this point, what I bench press don't matter anymore, amen. amen. I got kids to get through college, I got go- things change, goals change. They gotta be relevant, amen? amen. You know, we're not certain things that we dreamed about at twenty five. Well, it don't even make sense amen. to waste time on that. Seasons change. Relevant, time bound. Procrastination is a dream disqualifier. Last but not least, they make emotional decisions that bring temporal happiness. Why do people quit? Why, why, why didn't you get that degree? Why did you never get to that place where you could have been making so much more? I had a young man in my church one time. Great young man. Went to Africa with him. One of my finest young guys. Maybe a decade younger than me. And he comes in for, for mentoring. A lot of guys used to come in for mentoring back in those days. And he came in. And, and we begin to talk, and he mentioned maybe about going to Bible school, but but he was a great guy, wonderful person, but I knew he wasn't called for that. I I, I knew that, and he, he knows that. Um, but in the passing, he says to me, you know, he works for Corning Incorporated. He says, you know, um, and he just threw it out there. He goes, my, my, my company, they'll pay for me to finish my degree, go from a two-year to a four-year, and I just simply said, well, how much more would that give? He goes, yeah, about 20 grand. I said, you mean they're going to pay for you? to go get those two extra years, and he's going to put 20 grand, and they have about five kids, all little blonde-headed things, cutest little things, they all has big old, and I said, so Adam, um, you know, and that might be the word of the Lord, brother, I don't know about you pastor, that's probably not, but he goes, you think so? I go, yeah, I want not you talk to your wife? Well, they did, and, you know, but, but it took discipline to do that. They had, when the last kid went to bed, at eight o'clock, he says I went up into my study, and for two hours, my wife wouldn't distract me, but you know, they're in it together, you're a team. He sends me a picture. I've been gone by then. He sent cap and gown. Got that four year. I'm running part of that plastics division over there in Cor- Corning Incorporated. making a lot. Thank you, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, you did all the work. You disciplined yourself. You made the plan. You and your wife worked on it together. They make emotional decisions that bring temporal happiness, but regress progress in the long run. To stay focused when you're going towards your goal, many people quit because they have so many setbacks. They just throw up their hands in despair, but they didn't need to have those setbacks. You know what I mean? You're doing good on your budget until what? You saw the Renaissance commercial, my lord! Oh, look at that TV! Bowl games are coming on. I don't want to see that, man. That's a hundred and twenty-five inch. We need that. No, you didn't really need it, did you? And it just looked, oh look, 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 look! No down payment until. Mm. Yeah, then it hits. Big picture in delayed gratification. Innocent detours. A little sightseeing. Then you never get back on the road. Made me happy for a minute. Huh? Ever do that with a good diet? I mean, things are going good. I'm just going to take a little detour to Tasty Cream. Amen. Just a little detour. Well, never got back from that detour. Been on that road. (laughs) (laughs) Now the detour is not the diet, not the, not the other thing. Amen. It made me happy, but it threw me back two years on my plans. I don't know. I'm going to wind down now. It felt good, but it cost you more than you could afford. Amen. I just needed a little break without seven years ago. What you need is some fresh focus and tenacity. There's reasons people quit. There's certain roadblocks and hindrances that try to keep every one of us From God's best. And once you're saved, God says, "All right, I want you to go forward in my will and in my blessing. But there's things we have to overcome. Amen? There's things we have to recognize. And things we have to deal with. Many a dream doesn't come to fulfillment. But somewhere along the line, there was a detour and there was a roadblock that caused that person either just to throw up their hands in frustration... Or to return back to the place where it was comfortable and things and things were easy. But God desires our advancement and our growth. He's a good God. But the blessing of God must come as we follow His path and His plan. And there will be things that try to hinder us. God help us to recognize these things so we can properly address these things and overcome these things. Amen. And so listen, when, I, when I'm, I'm going to do the counterpunch here, I'm going to believe God and trust God. I'm going to master my memory. And I'm going to refuse to turn back and resist, even when it's a bit inconvenient or uncomfortable. I'm going to do it God's way, not my way. Amen? All right, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. My watch still got 19 after 10. What's your watch? No, I'm only kidding. I'm going to open the altar at the end here if you need prayer but I think the important thing to do is to take this word and say we're going to try to learn from the example in the Bible of, of, of God's people that were brought to the place of promise but allowed certain things to keep them from entering in and whatever it is in your life there might be some positive changes you want to make in your personal life or in your family Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your finance. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's about your spiritual growth. Well, if these are things God's calling you to do, focus on them. Begin to work out the plan of entering into them. But recognize there'll be certain things that try to hinder you and resist you. Don't let them. Identify them and overcome them. And press in to God's best. Because that's His will for your life. Father, we love you. And we thank You. Help us to be the people that will enter into Your fullness and into Your will, to Your purpose and Your plan for our lives. Father, give us the spiritual courage and tenacity to face and overcome every obstacle. Roadblocks that try to keep us from acting and believing and advancing and sacrificing. Things that try to keep us from Your best. Father, I thank you for this dear congregation. Thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, we thank you for how far you brought us and for your grace that has brought us through to this place. May each one of us have a fresh excitement to walk close with you, to go forward in you. And whatever comes our way, we choose to trust you, to submit to your plan. And to enjoy your best. Father, now as we pray one for another. Heal the hurting. Refresh the weary. And encourage everyone's faith. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord if you need prayer. We'll pray with you. Hallelujah.